You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. Except when we're doing a movie that went straight to DVD. But Matt, did this come out on VHS? Uh, Did it? I don't know. (laughs) I thought I had this on DVD, but I could not find it anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So we're continuing with the Batman month. Matt, introduce. What do we watch? We watched Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. All right, let's get this trailer going. Maybe I should actually load the clips. No more delay. And I hope I loaded the right one. Here we go. For years, the people of Gotham City wondered, who is he? Now they're asking, who is she? She's Louise, it's a woman. It's Batman Mystery of the Batwoman, the all-new feature-length movie, new on DVD and video. Batman is back, trying to discover the identity of a new ruthless vigilante while battling his arch enemies. Batman, that girl, that woman. What is it about this city? The water? They were finished here, but I've just begun. Who is she? All I can tell you is that she's not affiliated with Batman. This superhero DVD is supercharged with extras that shed new light on the dark night, including Chase Me, a new original short film exclusive to the DVD. A look behind the mystery, making of a scene from script to screen, cool gadgets, and much more. Who are you? Why are you doing this? You're the great detective. Figure it out. Look for the all-new feature-length movie Batman, Mystery of the Batwoman, on DVD and video, and join Batman as you try to find out who is she. Well, do be careful, sir. Remember, there are many species in which the female is deadlier than the male. Hey, did you pick up this was about Batwoman? <laughs> There's a woman? I like all the little bitty like woman lines in there. You know, even um, we had, remember, some of the species, some of the female species are some of the most dangerous. I was like, oh, even Alfred's getting into it. They they did a very uh, heavy handed pointing that out throughout this entire film. <laughs> yeah, their hands were made out of concrete. <laughs> I was like, well, definitely some things about this film I liked. So I'm making small jokes, but I just when I listened to that trailer, I was like, come on, I just we get it. <laughs> yeah. And there's a little bit of that in the movie as well. Where yeah, it's like, we get it. <laughs> we know <laughs> we get it. So let's go into our history of this. I'd never seen it. How about you? Uh, I had seen it. Like, like I said at the top, I thought I had it, but uh, I guess I didn't. But I definitely had seen it when it came out. And it was at the time the only the fourth Batman animated feature. So it was easy to kind of keep up on those then. So I definitely saw it when it came out because I was excited. I had liked, you know, Return of the Joker, Sub-Zero, Mask of the Phantasm. So I wanted to follow up on this one as well. So I I remember seeing it then, but it was kind of nice to watch it this time because I don't think I have seen it maybe since college when I kind of rewatched a bunch of these again. So it was it was cool to revisit, you know, 10 years more, 10 plus years since I had seen it last. Yeah. So this came out right after Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, correct? 
not long after yeah pretty pretty close i think because this was 2003 what year was that was that 2000 uh, 2001 or 2002 here we go clicked on the link 2002 so yeah a year later. oh wait wait nope rather long Ryan. i'm sorry uh is a 2000 direct-to-video animated so i'm wrong 2002 i think is when the other one like the uncut version came out yeah, so this is three years later. Like I said, it's the, the fourth one in the Batman animated franchise. So soon after, and then pretty quickly followed up with two years later, uh, Batman v. Dracula, which we just talked about last week. Yeah, and I think this was one that was not released side by side with something, correct? Yeah, this was not linked to like some of the other ones are linked to like a show starting or ending or in between movies like Gotham Knight was later in 2008. Uh, this was just here's a and, and, and it, this is exactly how it feels. It, here's a new episode, basically, of mm-hmm. the animated series. <laughs> yeah, you could tell they cut some corners some places and then other places, you know, they they definitely concentrated, uh, especially all of Batwoman's, you know, athletic movements and everything like that. You know, some of it was good. Some of it just looked like an episode. Yeah. And I think this whole movie kind of plays like that. This does feel like an 80 minute version of the Batman animated series TV show. However, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Was it fully necessary to kind of release a full feature on this? Maybe not. But like the Batman animated series is such high quality that even doing this it's still good you know what i mean it's not maybe the best but it's still pretty good yeah and see this took place so we had batman the animated series and then that turned into for like the last 20 episodes batman the adventures of batman and robin yep then we had batman beyond and then was it new batman adventures the new batman adventures i think it was the batman was after batman beyond just the Batman. Ooh, I don't remember the Batman. The one, the one that's tied to the Batman versus Dracula. So this one came after Batman Beyond, but is set before Batman Beyond, though. Even though it came out after. <laughs> yeah, it's really confusing because I know this one, the new Batman Adventures, that this is based off of, was supposed to be one that was supposed to be more of a the compilation group of Robin, Nightwing. Batgirl and Batman, correct? That sounds right. It is. It is a little confusing. Yeah, it does. It gets really hard to keep up with this because, first of all, it was over 20 something. You know, it was over 20 years ago. Well, not this movie, but like, you know, when all these started, how almost 30 years ago with Batman, the animated series, it just gets difficult because there's so many Batman series that I've just never watched. And I've only and the ones that I have watched watched a little bit of so I get a little confused and some of the animation concept art kind of overlap well and it doesn't help to you that like typically when they're talked about or when they're released on DVD or whatever Batman the animated series this the new Batman that you're talking about and then the adventures of Batman and Robin they all kind of do get lumped together they you know in every set of Batman the animated series they all kind of come out together so it is hard to kind of differentiate them and they like you said they're all kind of the same kind of art style and the same kind of vibe so it is hard to kind of differentiate some of these post the animated series ones Kevin Conroy returns as the voice so at least we have that connecting tissue yeah and like I, like you said with the kind of styling and stuff this really does feel like it almost can act as like a finale to the 
Batman animated series. Like it feels like it kind of encapsulates all of that, you know, the Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini kind of stuff that was Batman animated stuff at the time. And this feels like the ending before we kind of move on to the Batman and Batman Beyond and Brave and the Bold and all those kind of later ones. This feels like the cap on the 10 year journey at this point from 93 to 03 of the Batman animated shit. They're still talking about capping off, giving, you know, a real send off of Batman, the animated series. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I, I always kind of felt, well, not always, but like in recent years, kind of felt like the killing joke was kind of our last kind of thing. You know, the Joker, it, you know, is Mark Hamill, with Kevin Conroy's in it. They, you know, have the Batgirl storyline within that and everything. That one always kind of in the last five years or so has felt like the ending. All right. But I would like to see them actually do one that is specifically supposed to be that, you know? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't because the Warner Brothers Animation Studios is cranking these out and they're doing well. Uh, these things download well. Uh, they used to sell well. I don't know. I don't know how they uh, actually, you know, define success anymore with these. But at this time, you know, it was how they sold. And this one didn't sell well. And I think that's probably why we went to Batman versus Dracula right afterwards. Right. Yeah, that one, I feel like had a little more buzziness behind it than this one did. This one is kind of a sleeper. People kind of forget this comes in between Return of the Joker and versus Dracula. So, you know, this one is kind of a forgotten one a little mm -hmm. bit amongst the, the early releases. All right, let's describe the poster and then see if that's justified. So this poster's so much like this early 2000s high gloss that I always like this dark high gloss. Kind of a weird way to describe this, I will be honest, but it, it's the same thing with Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. It's bright colors, but they're also kind of like muting them. And I don't know if that makes any sense to to you or the listeners out there. But do you have it up in front of you? You see how it's kind of bright, but at the same time, a little muted. I remember seeing like a documentary on the animated series and they talked about how they would do their frames on black paper instead of white paper because there was so much darkness in there so that it was less for them to color in black. I wonder if that's kind of what they are doing with these posters, like specifically Return of the Joker in this one, where they have sort of a black background start and then they fill it in with the rest of the images because it does have this, this blue is popping off the poster, like that Batman blue. You guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> the Batman blue is really popping off of there, but there is so much darkness on it. That's that's fun to know. But we've got Batman mystery of the Batwoman all uppercase. And then we've got Batwoman who almost looks like Catwoman. Uh, I always thought this was, you know, a Selena Kyle story back in the day when I saw this at a blockbuster and walked by it. I didn't even read it. I was just like, oh, they're doing something with Catwoman. I, I didn't even notice she had a cape. But anyway, yeah, she's standing behind the moon. You can you can miss very easily that she has a cape because it's not behind her. It's in front of her. <laughs> so uh, so she's standing in front of a moon. We've got Gotham's cool architecture in the background and then Batman on a ledge grabbing at something. I'm assuming trying to grab the audience and pull them into the movie. I don't know. Yeah, come on in. We got a mystery for you. <laughs> I wish that they would have had a little bit more detective stuff in this because it is a mystery. 
But I feel I, I don't know, maybe they just skipped over that, you know, but maybe it's also me playing the uh, Arkham Asylum games that came out, you know, like, I don't know, feels like 10 years ago because that was so much like detective, you know, following the mystery and everything like that. I just love Batman being a detective. I really think that's what it is. This cover specifically does not show that at all. This is action Batman here. This isn't so much detective Batman here. Well, they probably thought that would because they're definitely selling this to kids. Selling to adults didn't come until later on with Warner Brothers animation. And before they got really serious, probably Batman versus Dracula was one of the last ones where they were playing up to children. At least it feels like. Absolutely. Yeah. Later on, they get serious. They get, you know, they're playing to 30 year old adults and over. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're playing to the, the kids that grew up with like the show and the comic, you know, the 90s sort of wave of comic books. They're playing to them as adults later. Like, I think the first pivot into that is Gotham Knight and then obviously then Red Hood. And then we get the R rated ones later with like Dark Knight Returns and um, Killing Joke. So then they hard pivot into like R-rated territory. But yeah, I feel like this one and Dracula, like you said, are kind of the last ones marketed towards kids. All right, before we get in the feature presentation, remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Matt, if they're going to rate and review us, what should their review be about? First thing that comes to your head, go. Tell me your favorite color associated with your teens. <laughs> Favorite color in your teens. Yep. Yep. Well, and you don't have to explain why you don't have to explain anything. You just say five stars, red, the end. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get one really hope that one. I mean, the lunch meat would have been pretty good, too. I actually didn't check if we got any lunch meats. I'm sorry if we have back to back honey ham and red. Perfect. It comes appreciated. Thanks for listening <laughs> and thanks for following simple direction. <laughs> All right. Feature presentation. And now our feature presentation. So we start out right away with Batwoman busting up an illegal gun run. And she's got like the, the hover super techie hover thing. So she's coming in. She's beating up the bad guys and everything like that. And then I think Batman and Robin discover her, right? Yeah, and when this first starts like this, I my brain thinks Batgirl because Batgirl has already been established already in the cartoon and stuff like that. So I'm thinking we're going to see, you know, Barbara Gordon here. And in fact, it is not Batgirl because later on there's a phone call with actual Batgirl that we get Batwoman. And yeah, there's some new tech with this kind of hoverboard Green Goblin-esque winged thing that she's flying on. And yeah, they bust up a, a gun thing and Batman's like, hey, who's this new vigilante in town? This is my job. That is definitely a Green Goblin gliding thing. That is a good call. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's associated with the fact that Spider-Man came out the year before this or if that was just something that they just thought would be cool for a new character. I don't know. I don't know either. Was Robin in the Bat Jet or did I make that up in my head? Robin's at the beginning. I don't remember if he's actually in the jet with him, but he shows up at the scene. Yeah, Robin's there. Yeah, I think because all of them, like you have Batgirl, you have Robin for a second, and then we get Nightwing for a while. So it's like they just, no, no, we didn't get Nightwing in this one, did we? 
where you're crossing your I'm crossing my movies. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Just only one Robin. (laughs) Yes. Only one Robin in this one. All right. And she stops the, you know, the run, everything. Uh, I noticed she is very thin and very curvy. (laughs) So I was like, wow, they're really playing to the curves on this one. And uh, hold on to that thought, folks, because there's something else later on that I was like, wow, you did that, huh? Okay. Then we get a really long, boring opening credit scene. And I feel like some of these animations early on do not know how to do these credits. Yeah, we're trying to pad out the runtime here. We have a pretty, a pretty short movie, honestly, like it's about 70 minutes. It's a, it's about 80 when they add the short at the end after the credits or whatever. But before credits, it's about a 70 minute movie. So I feel like these credits are definitely trying to pad things out a bit. It never works out, folks. Because <laughs> all it does is it slows down the viewers, you know, like momentum. Yeah, you have momentum going into it. We have an exciting opening scene, but then we stop it for these yeah. long credits. Trust me, folks, don't do it. Just I know you're trying to hit that 70. What What is it? 72 or 76? I think now it's 72 because it's shorter. Yeah, it used to be uh, 76, right? I think so. And now actually now it may be like 68 is technically. If you well, now it doesn't matter because the streaming services. <laughs> you can do whatever fuck you want now. But I th- I think 72 might have been the last one before 68. And now nothing matters. So <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we get right into, um, let's see, Penguin and Robert Thorne. We find out they're selling illegal guns to a made-up country called Kaznia. They employ Carlton something, a gangster, to help. Something. I don't remember his name, do you? Mm. Yeah, whatever. As soon as I heard Carlton, I was like, do the dance! (laughs) You know, we also get introduced to three females pretty quickly in this. And it's funny. You know, in your head, they're like, oh, they're making, you know, two of them are going to be fake. One of them's going to be real. I fell for it, by the way. So, you know, no spoilers yet. We're about to get to that in a second, who actual Batwoman is. But we get three characters, Dr. Roxanne Rocky, who is a new employee of Wayne Tech, and she's intelligent. She can make metal shift into any shape she wants by using like a pin. Yes. (laughs) that's the best way i can explain it and also she's the very pretty girl who's got glasses so she you know she's nerdy yeah and she's playing it up she's just kind of like the dork kind of in the in the group in the lineup of the ladies or whatever she is kind of like yeah just dorky and nerdy and stuff and like very flustered around both bruce wayne and batman we will explain a little bit later on why she's playing it up but you know for now you should know that she's klutzy yeah and then we've got Detective Sonia, who is Bullock's partner. Uh, love Bullock in this. Love Bullock in every animated series, by the way. But uh, this is this is your stereotypical badass, cool female character that they did in the early 90s or I'm sorry, in the early 2000s. You know, I feel like Matrix changed the, the cool, badass female. Absolutely. This is a very, very much so a Matrix-esque uh, female co-lead here very much the super cop kind of also with bullock like she is how is she going to clean up gotham because she's new in town and she's next to the slob in town so yeah exactly (laughs) i love that scene when they're sitting in the car and he's just like eating the donuts and she's just like 
so you never married, huh? <laughs> He's just being like gross with the donuts. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He's a great character throughout these entire series, and I'm glad they kept him. We get the third one, which is Kathy, whatever the last name of the like. It's it starts with a D. That's all I know. Yeah, it's like a French name, and she is the daughter of the gun runner guy, the yeah. the gangster. He's the muscle that's hired before the muscle is hired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, that, that will make sense in a little bit when we explain that. But he's the original muscle that the penguin and uh, the other bad guy from the original animated series. I just lost his name in my head. Thorne. Yeah. Robert Thorne. He's the big fat guy. Yes. Yeah. So just another gangster of Gotham. But he's one of the rogues gallery that does often show up. He's not like a, a monster guy, you know, he's not like a penguin, but he is one of the recurring gangsters for sure. Yeah. If you're going to run into a gangster, if you wanted to run into a gangster on Gotham, this is the type of gangster because he's the type of gangster that looks around at all these characters and goes, what in the world is happening in this city? <laughs> <laughs> like he yeah. just feels like the audience, like sometimes he's just like, I just want to run some guns, some drugs, make some money, drink some booze. These people are freaks. Yeah. And it's funny that he is that character because also among sort of like the gun runner Carlton and the penguin, he's pretty much utterly useless. <laughs> Even at one time when he can, kill Batwoman dead to rights with like a rocket launcher. He fucks it up. Yes. He's just not good at anything <laughs> other than to laugh at, which I think this is the whole point of the character. But, you know, moving on, uh, we they really sexualize Kathy. And when she the one scene where she gets out of the pool before she goes shopping and meets Bruce Wayne, they have an ass all up in your face. <laughs> Like, I was shocked at that. Yeah, they like track her ass as she's walking. Like, <laughs> like the camera is following it. <laughs> yeah, she's like super curvy and she's supposed to be like the, the hot young daughter of the gangsters. So and of course she catches Bruce Wayne's eye. Yeah. And then she goes shopping and she, you know, is like, help me get away from because she has two shadows, two mobster shadows that follow her around because we she is the daughter of the big mobster. And so we get it. We've seen that before. You know, she's running away. She goes off with the rich guy and eventually the hired mobsters that shadow her, you know, find them. And they even make the comment. It was easier working for the Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ha ha ha. Isn't that funny? Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> You know, we keep getting these appearances of Batwoman and they keep kind of like sort of alluding it's one of these three women and then it's not because, you know, they're doing something else when Batwoman's around. Yeah, it's like every every time Batman sort of gets a lead and this is where he's doing kind of the detective work that we were talking about when we talk about the poster. But like this is where the detective work comes in, because every time Batman thinks he has it sort of figured out and like for the audience, it seems like, oh. Well, it's got to be this person, the tech. He's studying the tech and it leads back to Kathy or, you know, but but she was working the night that the Batwoman struck. So I guess it's not her. You know, it's like it's always that with one of the girls and you as an audience are like, oh, it's definitely as soon as you're like, it's definitely this one. Then they're like, well, no, because she did this at this time. So you're you're constantly being like, hmm, well, then who is it here? Oh, I definitely thought it was Rocky. 
the doctor at first because I was thinking Selena Kyle. Yeah, it was it was kind of like she seemed to be the most obvious because of how meek she was playing it, you know, so mm-hmm. like, well, obviously this is a bit. It's got to be her. Yeah, I definitely thought it was her for a while until they kind of, quote unquote, disproved it. Then I shifted over to the daughter whose name I'm now Kathy. Uh, then I shifted over to Kathy. Then I was like, oh, it's got to be her. And then I was like, well, I don't know about that. And then near the, you know, before the reveal, I was like, oh, it's the cop. It's got to be the cop. <laughs> so like my brain kept being like, even though I had seen this before, I totally forgot who it actually was. Um, I was like, oh, it's definitely this one. Nope, that's definitely this one. So it, it was playing with me pretty well. Yeah, they did a good job. And spoiler alert, it's actually all three of them. And what I find weird about that is they kind of just like unceremoniously just show it. Yeah, you have Batman or Batwoman walk into a room where the other two girls are and you're like, oh, and then she's just like, well, he's on to us. (laughs) And then she takes the mask off and it's Sonya. But really, it's actually all three of them, you know, trading out doing it. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I was also surprised by the muscle that comes in to replace the muscle. <laughs> and that is Bane. I'm always welcome to see Bane in any form, um, whether it's movie or animated movie. I don't care. I love Bane, except the Batman and Robin Bane. That, that That's, you know, that's a dumpster fire. But it's also funny to laugh at how how much they screwed it up. What I love about the animated series is they always remember that he's South American. He should have an accent. Yes. Uh, He should speak Spanish. It's pretty easy. All the movies and all the shows always have a white guy playing them. But not this one. This one has Hector Elizondo, which was really nice to see. Exactly. I think all the animated ones get it right. I don't know why the movies always get it wrong or the TV shows. I, I do remember seeing that like Tom Hardy was basing like his crazy Bet Bane voice on like South American boxers at the time or whatever when the, you know, the the Bane character was created. So that's why he's talking the way he is in that. But like, yeah, it's a white guy cast as it. And this was nice to actually have, you know, someone I, I, I thought it was Alfred Molina at first doing the voice, but it was uh it's Hector Elizondo. I just remember him from Beverly Hills Cop 3. I think he's in. He's been he's been in so much. I don't know why Beverly Hills Cop 3. So, you know, but TV. Yeah, he's in like the Tim Allen TV show now. Yeah. Whatever that's called. And he's been for a long time and he always pops up in all the Gary Marshall movies. So yeah. Pretty Woman and the New Year's Eve's and all those type movies he's always in. So just a character actor. Yeah, good character actor and a great voice. Yeah, pops up. Perfect for Bane here. I didn't like Bane's mask and teeth design in this one. His teeth just look really odd to me. And I'll be honest, I'm a little biased. I always liked the full mask that Bane had in the comic books. And they pretty much have kept throughout all the comic books, just like slightly changed the mask. I always like it. It's so weird to have a guy who's just walking around in a mask like that. Or and I did like in the movie the Dark Knight Rises when it was like a breathing apparatus. I didn't so much like the echoey voice, but I love the, you know, that type of menacing weirdness in the animated series and everything. They always have them just like with a mouth talking to me. I always kind of think of like a luchador mask. 
I think that's what it was based off of. Yeah, so that's what I always think of. But yeah, here it's kind of plain. But I did like the look of Bane in this when he pumped up near the end. And the one thing that I liked that they eliminated in the movie was the wire that it was connecting the venom that like makes him really big because I was always like, it's such an easy thing to do. Cut the line. Yeah. And they actually do it in this movie. But I was glad in the movie and the TV shows they get rid of that crap. I think in one of the comics later on, they just actually attach it to the center of his back connected to his spine. So it shoots straight into his spine, you know, so it goes straight to all of his muscles and everything. And I'm like, yeah, why do we always have a you know, like this stupid cord attached to his like arm that shoots the venom into it. It's like you have all these arteries in your body and you choose that. Yeah, so it is weird design for yeah. sure for that. But I love I do like the idea, though, like and this is just Bane in general. This isn't like in this specific, but I do like the idea of like this, like injection man basically like he's just mm-hmm. this guy who like yeah you just you like juice up and like with poison basically and he gets all fucking crazy i sir i love the base idea of bane i think it's really cool he is one of my favorite characters as well well it's also really nice because he's super intelligent so they're taking the hulk type character and then putting a super intelligent person in it now obviously that's what marvel did too he was a scientist and then he was the hulk But with Bane, at the very beginning, they always had it combined. Plus, he was incredibly driven and he was born in a a world of chaos. How did he get that smart? I've always wondered that since he was, you know, basically born out of the pit, quote unquote, in South American jail or whatever. You get you get learned behind those bars. You you read the books. (laughs) I guess that's all you have to do. Just hopefully someone throws books down the pit. Yeah, right. And hopefully it's the language, you know, could you imagine being in South America and someone throws like Spanish to us and be like, I only know so much. <laughs> I haven't even gotten English down yet. <laughs> I hope an old man down here will help me to read. <laughs> I need to learn. <laughs> oh, these damn country bumpkins are always getting caught in our pit in South America. <laughs> oh, man. And they are not worldly at all (laughs) nope and the only thing better than our jokes is the fight at the end so we'll spare you those Uh, yeah we have a fight on a boat which is pretty cool in a way because they just they just go at each other Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the mr freeze like fight at the oil rig or the abandoned oil facility whatever they were fighting at but like where they just take them they weren't quite in the middle of nowhere in this one but you know what i mean they were at the river traveling towards international waters it was cool yeah you're always kind of like offshore and yeah there's some sort of structure that yeah has to be blown up by the end of the fight (laughs) yeah and it was uh so it it really promised what we wanted uh and then what was great was so all these women the reason they joined together is because they have a beef with all these bad guys you know there's grudges and everything so We sat there. They all harbor grudges, you know, uh, against the penguin Thorn and Carlton. The penguin had framed uh, Roxanne's fiance, Kevin. Uh, Thorn had bankrupted Sonia's family and Carlton's war had killed Kathy's mother. And they all connected in some way, like two of them went to the same college and then two of them were roommates. All three of them got together. The reason that they're all in 
fantastic shape as they all had to have the same body type and be trained as Batwoman so they could all switch off and trick everyone. There is reasoning behind a lot of this. And I do like all of that. I do like we're connecting a lot of pieces in this. And I think that's pretty cool. But what I find interesting is everything is overshadowed by how cool Bane is. Yeah, Bane is like the is the villain you kind of want to be mainly featured in this. But it's basically a penguin show in terms of like the rogues gallery featured villain. It's it's Penguin's movie. But Bane, you want to kind of shine, but he's just kind of second tier muscle in this and he you know just gets blown up in the in the ship at the end <laughs> he just gets thrown in the fire yeah i do i want a bane movie you know i kind of like i like the mystery of the bad woman i like the three females coming together and how clever that story is i'm a huge fan of the penguin but penguin feels like he's overcast by everything yet he's supposed to be the villain but really, all I care about is bane it's a very mixed bag with me when it comes to the villains in this even though Bane is my favorite and I want to watch him more, but he's only in like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think because this movie does focus more on the titular mystery of who is the Batwoman or whatever. Uh, But I I like when you brought up the the connective stuff, like how all these women kind of came together. It is handled extraordinarily quickly. Not confusingly, though, at all. I understood all of it. But they did not linger on any of it. It is like, here is how we came together. Here is why. Done. Like, we don't harp on it too much. Once we sort of figure out the mystery of the Batwoman, there it is. All cards laid out on the table. Yeah, I think Batman figured out how they were all linked. And then they essentially told Batman why, what their motive was. Right. It's done in like five minutes. Boom. Yeah, I liked that we didn't linger on it. Some of these um, comic book typically the comic book animated made for direct to DVD or whatever, you know, they'll pad out the runtime with all the explanations and reasons or whatever. I really like that. This one did not linger too much on any of that stuff. Yeah. And then we end on a typical note. Bane looks like he's dead, but he's not actually not. And Thorn and Penguin go to, you know, Arkham Asylum. And then I don't know, the one cop resigns. Which, to me, if I had a cop who could be Batwoman, I'm not making her resign and I'm not letting her. Uh, because <laughs> that's awesome, but whatever. And then and then we get the, the short that is the music video called Chase Me. And they, that fills up another three-something minutes. They played this on, like, MTV. And I was like, what? But, you know, hey, it was it was an actual song from someone who was up and coming at the time. I read the name. I don't know who it was, but I don't, you know. That doesn't mean anything. I have no connection to the early 2000s pop culture music scene when it comes to this type of music. Yeah, I was uh, I'm not familiar with the artist behind it, but uh, the short's pretty cool, actually. No, they spent money on it. There's no doubt. It feels, again, very connected to the animated series. It feels very much that style, very much that pacing, very much that action. Uh, And it's silent, which is really nice, too. And it's a fun little Catwoman chase story that, of course, ends with her getting thwarted by Batman once again. (laughs) Yeah, we went through a lot of the critiques of the film, but I guess ones that came up from fans at the time, and I wouldn't have known this, is they were mad that the entire thing was brightened up. They weren't fully going the film noir and everything like that that we had with 
the original animated series, but everyone thought that they turned turn this too cartoonish because they brightened everything up and they, you know, it was no longer film noir and everything, which is true. It it was very bright. So I guess fans of the series that was running at the time were disappointed in this movie because of that. The style, you know, they chose a different style for the movie. And yeah, sometimes fans are very sensitive. And if they get used to something, I mean, could you imagine if we would have had Mass of the Phantasm and it would have been this bright? We would have been pissed. Yeah, we would have been like, what is this? Why are they doing this this way? I think some of their frustration comes to like the fact that they think it's being marketed, I guess, more towards kids if it's being brightened up or whatever like that. But I don't think this movie even really plays to kids. I know it's I know we were just talking about how like how the rest of the animated series later kind of pivots into more adult territory. But I still think this is kind of like this movie, I feel like kind of plays for 10 to 12 year olds. And I think that's like right where the audience should be for kind of this movie. I sort of see the fan criticism or whatever, but I'm also not really bothered by it because I feel like it is hitting the sweet spot it needs to. Older fans can still appreciate it, but it is still for like the 10 to 12, you know, watching the animated series on TV market. Yeah, I just don't know because I didn't watch the series enough. I just watched this. My biggest criticism was Bane's mouth. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, I guess we'll go on to you. Do you recommend this? Absolutely. I don't think this is like one of my favorites in the animated feature series, but I do like it. It's good. It's very entertaining. It does feel like a long episode of the show, but not in a bad way. And it does give you some sort of sense of a cap kind of on the 10 years of Batman the Animated Series and new adventures of Batman and Robin. So it feels good and it feels part of that so if you like those i think you'd still like this movie again not a home run but not bad at all yeah i'm gonna go right off my brother's opinion of it when i asked him about this one he's like eh, yeah i don't like that old stuff i get that i know exactly what that is they want the newer stuff they want and not by it has to be new by new i mean within 15 years It's when they started taking these a little bit more seriously, like this could actually make us money. I don't think anyone unless you're, you know, if you're a Batman fan, of course, watch it. You got to complete it. But if you're not a series, you know, if you weren't a big fan of this series, I think you can just skip right over this movie. You don't need to watch it at all. Um, It has interesting things in it. But if you're not interested in this era, Skip over it because you're just going to you're not going to like it anyway because you're not open minded to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're looking for in terms of like the Batman animated movies, if you're looking for like Batman Year One or Dark Knight Returns, you're not going to get it with this one. No, you're not at all. So it's just it's a waste of your time. Just move on. But if you're looking for a kid's WB Batman movie, this is it. (laughs) This is the one. My confusion watching it again this time and seeing it the first time. You know, you see Mystery of the Batwoman and you, you still think it's going to be a Batgirl story. You mm-hmm. know, you think it's still going to be linked into that. And so there is some confusion there, too, where it's like, wait, this is a new character. I I am a, I am familiar with Batgirl. So who is this now? Wait, it's not Barbara Gordon. OK, <laughs> all right. And I just thought it was Catwoman way back in the day. So oof, I really didn't pay attention. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the one where you kind of. I guess they did try to hide it with mega villains with Penguin and Bane. It just didn't work because they're not on the cover. 
Yeah, they didn't advertise that this is a Penguin and Bane story. So, again, that's another maybe missed thing. Yeah, this one to me should have been like Batman and Bane on the cover with Penguin in the corner and then Batwoman like hovering behind them in the background. And she's in, you know, like in darkness. It's a mystery. You're playing to the villains that everyone knows and everyone thinks is cool. And then you've got the mystery in the background. And that way you can introduce the new character. You got to use these covers to your advantage. Absolutely. And two, I think it was the time a little bit too that contributed to its lack of interest and, you know, not really knowing necessarily how to market it because having grown up with the show in the 90s, you know, I was 13 when this came out. I'm not super interested in like animated movies as like a 13 year old boy. I'm kind of pivoting into more the South parks and the, you know, later, you know, teenager stuff. So you're kind of missing your original audience just at this time. You're just, it's almost a little too late for what this is going for. True. So let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back. This is our Batman animated wing of the museum. I'm going to go first because I'm just going to take it. I want Bane. I'm putting Bane in. Uh, Even though I did not like the mouth. I just like to watch Bane and I think... I feel like every director and writer kind of gets Bane. The maybe some of the concept art I don't like as much or, you know, ones are better than the others. But everyone seems to get him except Joel Schumacher. But, you know, we'll let that rest. (laughs) Yeah, Bane's a great character. He's one of my favorites in the Batman thing. And I do always get excited when he shows up and stuff. They, They don't use him all the time. But when they do, they use him well. And it's fun to see him show up here. And I, I, I was I was glad they used him. And I was it was fun to see him get jacked up and beefed up and in, injected at the uh, end <laughs> of this movie again. too. Yeah. So they didn't forget to do that as well. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good Bane appearance for sure. Oh, what do you got? I think I'm going to put it. I do really like this Kathy character, this daughter of a criminal who is you know, one third of Batwoman and also seems to be with, you know, the end of this story, the next Bruce Wayne love interest as well. I like this character. I think this could be a nice antithesis slash foil to Catwoman, you know, a someone who knows the world of the masks, but also is, you know, in Bruce Wayne's world as well. So uh, I like I like this character. I think this is a cool character that uh, if, you know, this movie was successful, I would have been interested in seeing them explore a little further. You know, is she going to pick up the cowl again? Is she going to get behind it? Uh, can she stay away from this vigilante world long enough? And how is her relationship with Bruce Wayne? Fascinated by this character. And of course, you know, she's cartoon sexy. So that's interesting as well. Yeah, it'd have been interesting to see Raven and her like splinter away from each other, like two different Batwomen. Like one is one is like a little softer. Uh, well, not not softer. One goes a little bit more Batman's way of like maybe we shouldn't kill everyone, and the you know Raven goes more in the way of like no, we need to kill all the criminals. That's the only way to stop the criminals. 
Yeah, I, I, I would have liked to have seen how these women would have, you know, gone on, knowing they were bad. You know, who who picks it back up? Which direction do they go? Mm-hmm. You know, who's darker? Who's lighter? Who's you know? I'm, I'm very interested in this, and I think she's my favorite of the three that are Batwoman here. So. Yeah, like you said, I'm very curious where this would have gone had any of them picked up the cowl again. All right, going on to what we watched. I don't know if Matt has anything. I actually didn't watch anything. I just beat Resident Evil Village on hard. uh, And I am honestly like patting myself on the back because I'm not good at these survival type games. I did it. I quit. I'm done. I'll never touch the game again. (laughs) I had fun. I mastered it, in my opinion. Yes, I didn't do it on the super hard mode, Village of Shadows. I'm not going to. It's stupid. I'm moving on. I beat it, folks. I'm so proud of myself. Is it? Is it getting you hyped for the new movie? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I saw that trailer and I was like, Ugh. nope, because it looks like they're combining a bunch of different movies all into or a bunch of different games all into one movie instead of just like making a solid movie. But we'll see. I'll watch it. Of course I will. But I'm not hyped at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. How about you? My hype is through the roof for that movie. So. Are you serious? <laughs> really? It's a bigger budget, big IP, theatrical creature feature. Yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked to see mo- schlocky monsters on the big screen again. See, this might be the difference of someone who played all the games and is a huge game fan of the series versus someone who just wants a monster fest. Yeah. And I mean, but I played the first four games, uh, but like the OG one. Yeah. But that was 85 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And when I, when I say like the first, actually the first five games, I'm not talking about resident evil four. I'm talking about code Veronica and I'm talking about survivor. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm old. Yeah. But I played them. So I have a familiarity with them. So I am pretty excited for that movie to come out. I think the games are so big. The universe of the games are so big that making a movie just kind of like a lose lose. You might make money, but you're never going to get good critical fan reception. No, because like you said, this is going to be a mashup of every game. So it's going to be, you know, the purists are going to be like, why didn't you just do the first game? And then the people that, you know, have a love for Code Veronica, they're going to be like, how come you only did like this reference? You know, so, yeah, you're never going to it's a lose lose situation. But for big big goopy monster fan like me i'm very excited to just see what dorky stuff they come up with in the movie (laughs) that'll end it this week until next week when matt and i look at another batman animated movie remember to be kind everyone